Hey lady, in today's episode is the continuation of the Stop Over Drinking mini-series that was live inside the Facebook group. This is day two, so I hope that it is guiding you and leading you and even encouraging you to take the next step, whether you choose to be a part of the program or you choose to start walking out, reducing your drinking or quitting drinking or stopping drinking, whatever your choice is, it's one step at a time. I just want to encourage you. This is a process. That's how life works. Even though our minds may try to tell us that, oh, I should just be able to stop. You know, ask yourself, what have you tried before this worked? What have you tried before that's not worked? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to not do? Begin to expand and explore inside of yourself how important this is to you. What is it costing you? Who else is suffering because of the habits that you continue to stay in? Whether it's suffering, maybe they don't even know that you're drinking, but maybe they're, they're suffering in a way that is just a, a relationship issue or lack of connection and things like that. So just expand your mind, but also come from a place of compassion and acceptance of where you are today in a desire that you have of where you want to be tomorrow, the next day, two weeks, six weeks, six months. But understand that it is a day-to-day process and we're going to celebrate all the wins all of the wins step by step. And if you get to a place like me where you're completely alcohol free and it doesn't have value for you, that is a huge win. And if you also get to a place where you're like, I don't know, you know, for now I'm going to cut back for now. I definitely want to stop for a period of time, but you don't know till you know, and you've got to explore the process. So I want to be able to help you do that and guide you in a safe, loving, judgment-free zone And from a place of, I've been there and I have not experienced all the experiences that you have, but I've experienced my journey and what it feels like to be completely dependent emotionally on a substance, not physically per se, you know, you've had the headaches and, you know, really felt yucky physically, but just the dependency of the emotional support that I found inside of drinking wine and the coping from being completely immersed in that every single day to past four years alcohol free and it just it has no value to me it doesn't bother me at all and part of that huge journey is because i went through this freedom framework i built this up that i'm teaching you and sharing with you inside of this program and i found new tools I still get triggered. I still get stressed. There are still circumstances in my life that I could spiral out on, but I've learned tools. I've learned to just capture my thoughts. I've learned to allow the energy to move through my body and quit stuffing them down and escaping them and impressing them. And then they just bubble up. This is a beautiful, beautiful journey. And it's great to be on this side and being able to support you. So I will hush now. I get so excited when I talk about this and let you listen to day two of the Stop Over Drinking mini series. Hey sister, are you newly alcohol free, but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? 
Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of overdrinking even when you told yourself you would stop. Waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing? Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal, quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found. And I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. You guys, if you're anyone, yep, there I am. So if you're someone who has struggled with technology and whether it's Zoom or learning new things, just know that I'm with you and everything that I've learned has been very hard until it hasn't been hard. And still, if you don't use something a lot, it, it, it can be a struggle. So I want to give you permission to just go, hmm, you're not expected to know how to do all this stuff and anything that I have done that has been anything related to learning just anything technology or even the email systems or podcasting and where to put that stuff and how to edit like oh it was hard and then you get excited when you figure out how to do it and then you just get better and better so that's the normal part of life i wanted to just jump on and say hey i hope y'all had a great day today you got me after a workout i worked at the salon today and went and worked out it was a great day just had some dinner and just want to come on for day two and teach you a little bit more and I also just wanted to share a little bit of a story that I don't know if I've shared before, just to, to kind of connect and relate, depending on where you are, because I know the women in this room, in this group, are from different, you know, I feel like our drinking habits are this huge spectrum. And I've talked about that before, because a lot of times people think if someone has a drinking problem or says, oh my gosh, they're on the spectrum where they're like, full-blown alcoholic, losing their family, drinking and driving, laying on a park bench. And there's this, that's not who, that's not who follows me. <laughs> that's not who I'm here to serve. And there's this huge spectrum in between. And even those of us who are high functioning and go to work and are running a family, we have a relationship with alcohol. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes it was like me that I drank a bottle of wine every single night and sometimes on the weekend a bottle and a half or the big giant ones or probably even more than that because there was a point where I bought the little cartons and took them to the pool because you couldn't really tell how much was in there and you know my tolerance got bigger right to some women don't drink much during the week and then they just completely binge on the weekends same thing it's like they turn a switch on and they go 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 and I'm not sure if I've told you, but there was a time that really, really scared me. And it was a night that I had been drinking like normal. I'm not really sure what the trigger was other than maybe it was just one of those things where my body had said, I had enough. And, you know, I've talked about waking up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night with a heart racing and just kind of feeling gross and guilty and like, oh, here I am again. 
Well, this time it was pretty scary. I remember waking up and my heart was racing so fast. And normally what I could do was I could get up and go to the bathroom, drink some water, take some ibuprofen, and I could do some breathing and try to get it, you know, kind of calm back down and sort of fade back out, right? Still feeling a little tipsy from the wine that I had had in the evening. But this night was very different. I could not go back to sleep and my heart rate would not go down. Like my heart rate stayed really, really high and I could just feel it like beating in my chest. And I remember it was super, super scary for me because I, then I began to ruminate and have anxiety and think about it and have fears around it. And then I thought, well, how am I going to get, like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, surely something, something must be wrong. So then it went in this to big, this spiral, something must be really wrong. This had never happened before. And all the while, like, Deep down, I knew this was all related to alcohol. So I even went to like the urgent care the next day, talked to him about it. Here's what is, was interesting. He never asked me about alcohol. What he did do is say, well, sometimes we think that's anxiety. People wake up in the middle of the night with their heart racing. Here's a pill. It was called like a benzo is what they call it. Well, come to find out if you mix alcohol and benzos, it can be very, very dangerous. And I had a friend, I just happened to mention that because I was telling her what was going on and I was starting to become a little bit more honest. But that was one of the scariest days. And what I realized was the more I tried to think that it was something else and the more I tried to, you know, story tell myself out of it, like this is okay, but wait a minute, I know it's not okay. And then do I take the pills? Will the pills help me? But then what if I take them and then I die and I stop breathing? And then I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous and had all these crazy thoughts. But what I remember that day was so clear was it just was one of those things where I realized I was like, wow, this has gotten to the point where it's kind of scaring me with my health. And if I don't do something like this could go down a really, really dark road. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I cannot pinpoint what time that was and how long it was before I actually stopped drinking. But that wasn't the only time when I knew that I knew that I knew that this had to stop or this was going down the wrong path. And I will tell you, it took a while. I knew that there were times throughout a year or more that I realized like, and it would just this push and pull and this push and pull where I wanted to stop. And then I finally did. I finally came to that place where enough was enough. I was super depressed and I was, I was done. And then I didn't know what else to do, but to be honest and surrender. So that's what we talked about yesterday. And that's the key player for me. And I think it comes to the point of just understanding like we all are it's safe here. We can be super honest with each other. And that's a huge part of it to say, listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've been having these, you know, this anxiety and this depression. And I will tell you that, yes, there are clinical issues with us humans in the world that need medication, but there are so many things that we need to heal with inside of us and removing the alcohol that could help with anxiety and depression. I haven't taken medicine at all since. I take ibuprofen on occasion for a headache or cramps, but I, I don't need medication. And there was years before I even got to that point 
where I was on an antidepressant. And by no means am I saying that, you know, I'm anti-medication. I think medication is very important, but I think a lot of times what we've done is we've told just enough to our physicians to let them know that we were having issues, but we don't tell them the whole story. And we've also told them there are some times that we are honest with them, but they look at us and they don't see the DUIs. They don't see the loss of the job or they don't see you laying on a park bench and they, they don't think like she, I mean, she says she drinks, but, and she thinks she drinks too much, but surely it's not that much. And they make their own judgment. And a lot of times they just continue to give medication. So what I'm saying, I want to encourage you, listen to the signals, understand that I've been there. I've been to some scary places as well. And you can get even set free from medication if you'd like, if that's something that you look forward to. If it's something that is related to what you're adding that extra layer and that coverage with drinking. So I hope that that at least encourages you that, hey, yeah, she did go through some pretty, pretty crazy stuff too. So here we go. I'm going to expand this screen and day two is underway. So I just pulled out some things for day two for you guys, you gals. So we're going to talk a little bit about awareness today. And really that is a key player for any change. If we don't know, we don't know, then we can't do anything about it. We have to begin with awareness. And here's what I've noticed the more awareness I've gained and the more noticing of the things that's going on with me and in my body, the more I realize I can't go back. Once you start having this awareness and this truth, you can't go back to where you were before. And that's the beauty of it because it, it evokes change. So here's what I want you to do when you feel triggered. This is part of the trigger um, conversations and teaching that we'll do inside the program. I want you to say, um, wow, if you want to be a nerd like me, wow, I feel a physical response. Really what you're saying is like, Ooh, oh my gosh, my neck just got super, what, what in the world did I just feel? Let me get super curious without judging, like not the whole, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling so nervous? This is so stupid. Why am I feeling like this? None of that. We cannot come from a place of judgment. I just want you to go, Okay, so even you can do it with me now, if you'd like, just kind of wherever you are listening to this, even if you're driving, this does not require you to close your eyes. Now we will do some deep breathing and things like that. But if, wherever you are, I just kind of want you to see, is there anything coming up for you? Did, did there anything trigger you from the story that I just told? Um, are you in a situation now where you can feel like, is there tension in your neck after a stressful day at work? You know, do you feel any tightness in the chest? Do you have any like butterflies or nervousness in your stomach? Things like that. Just be aware of what's going on in your body and just kind of just uh, be aware of that. Then I want you to just feel how you feel. When it comes to being triggered by a situation, part of the process is feeling it, allowing it to be there. But normally we cope. We talked a little bit about this yesterday and the cycle of being dependent on something. Normally we just cope. This is where we're like, oh, I don't like the way this feels. So we just grab, we go grab or we get on in the internet. Some of that's the things that y'all are doing also too, that hopefully through this, this learning, you'll realize, oh my God, every time I get irritated with my kids or my husband or something happens, I go and I pick up my phone. 
And what you're doing is you're coping because you're shifting your attention out of whatever you just felt and you're getting the dopamine hit from the phone. Okay. That is huge right now. And that's, I mean, obviously they're targeting us for a reason um, to buy things, whatever. Right. So this is where you would cope. So just a kind of a statement I want you to remember, and you can write this down. Emotions buried alive will never die. If we continue to stuff them, and sometimes I call them recycled, this is when we begin to cover up with alcohol, food, Facebook, shopping. You know, this is where I think there's a huge issue in the world of pornography. Um, women are, yes, women do struggle with that. It's predominantly men, but that's a huge um, escape and coping that's happening. And what happens is if we continue doing that, wounds get bigger when they're left hidden. Perfect example. There has been times where I haven't dealt with triggers throughout the week, whether it was, you know, my kids smarted off to me or I was irritated about something else. Maybe I was tired or maybe I was on my period and my, my walls were down. Like this never an excuse for us to be like, well, I'm hormonal or I'm really tired. I haven't slept well. Like all those things, let's take into consideration and be tender and compassionate. But really all that does is that lets our guard down. And so we're more exposed to other triggers. And I remember a day, this was, I don't know, not maybe not last summer, a year before. And I just flipped my lid at my son. Like I like threw something across the kitchen and I screamed. And I was just like so filled with rage and anger. I mean, it was, and then I was like, oh my gosh. And so I left, I left the house. I went on a walk. And as I was walking, I was just like, what in the world just happened? Like I just flipped a switch and scared the crap out of him. Right. Well, I had not been dealing with my emotions that week. I had just been stuffing and dealing with other things. I just remember that was a huge stressful week. My dad had been there. We were working on something with the pool and, and you know, no telling what else was going on, but I just wasn't tending to my emotions. And then what happened is the lid came off and all of the stuff that I had been stuffing came out on him. So, you know, I haven't drank for four years, so I'm not coping with alcohol. But I took it out and I, I took it out of my son. Or I could cope in another way. I just veg out and watch Netflix or whatever. So this is a lifelong practice. This is going to help you. It's continuing to help me. And then when we, when we make mistakes, what do we do? We have to be compassionate with ourselves and forgive ourselves. But then we have to go back. And I had to come back and say, hey, dude, like I, I was totally out of line. I totally lost it. You know, it, what and I actually was able to still teach and parent from that place of I've gone to release it, which is what we're going to talk about next. And I, I went and released, I cried, I actually like went on a walk. I actually phoned a friend. I have a really good friend that we we talk on this deeper level, and I'm like, oh my God, I just lost my crap. You know, we talked through it. So then I was able to come back in a calmer state. And still have that conversation of forgive, ask for forgiveness for my, my behavior. And I was still able to parents say, hey, what you do is not acceptable. Now, you, that thing didn't earn all that from me, but what you did was not acceptable. And this is what, why we need to talk about it. So here's what you need to do when you do feel these things instead of coping. Here's some options for you. 
um, something I call release writing, which is a beautiful tool. And, and you've heard, I'm sure if you've been in this circle or anywhere else, when you take pen to paper, it is absolutely different than typing digitally. And it feels weird because sometimes those of us, depending on what jobs we do, like for me, until I started into the, the, the world that I'm in now, and I'm writing a lot more in the coaching, as a hairstylist, we don't write. <laughs> I don't have to write anything down. Everything's digital. All my colors I put in. So it's like, oh, or I'm journaling some and, and you know, put little notes. But release writing is just like getting it down and letting it free flow. Free flow. Get all the emotions out. You can say cuss words. You don't need punctuation. You don't have to buffer anything you're saying, even if you're talking trash about your partner, your kids, your coworkers. Get it all out. Release. It's release and release it. You know, she did this, or I can't believe this, and this is, oh, whatever. And then once you feel like it's come out, and I even suggest, like, as you're doing it, like, you can, like, be mad and, like, energize or even cry. There's been times where I'm journaling and I'm just a crying because I need to get it out. Then you have the option to just rip it up, throw it in the trash, sh shred it up. You can burn it if you're feeling frisky or you live somewhere where you have a fire pit, go for it. Punch in a pillow. This is something I really tell my kids to do um, because it's not really enough for me. So I use a, I don't know if I have this one on here. Yeah, the pool noodle. So the pool noodle is my favorite. I cut a pool noodle in half and hold it and you can whack any surface with it when you're angry this is something that I could have chosen when I was so angry before but understand that I had not worked through my emotions so I, I snapped and the lid came off but if I'm if I'm angry consist you know little bubbling up this is how you get it out you can whack the heck out of stuff you can I'm looking over here my bed's right over here you could hit your bed but I love to hit like countertops because it's super duper loud and it's like whack whack and it doesn't hurt anything it doesn't hurt your hand it doesn't hurt but it feels so good I even teach that with my kids too they think I'm crazy but it's so powerful it gets it out of course if you have access to boxing that is amazing I box um some with my trainer I'm in a small group training so sometimes he'll have like sessions where we'll will come in inside of the training and do some boxing and it feels so good because you can just really focus on what's in there and like push it out and you're doing something good for your body too um also crying sometimes it's not just anger sometimes it is a lot of times I just want to say with women we have been told that as growing up to be a good girl you need to behave a certain way you need to sit a certain way like just you just remember like it just we weren't allowed to be mad we weren't allowed to have anger like hush calm down stop crying and a lot of boys weren't either right a lot of men now they have repressed anger that's very very dangerous it turns into all kinds of addictions and issues but that's why this is so important is because a lot of times we are angry but we don't even like it's like we don't even acknowledge that we're angry because we've got this conditioning and this programming and this beliefs that like I'm not angry I'm not supposed to be angry I'm just frustrated I'm just irritated that's what's going on let me tell you girlfriend you are freaking angry and it has been bubbling up inside of you for a long time and you've got to get it out if you want to heal 
because that stuff will make you sick. And I'm telling you, a huge part of my journey has been releasing anger. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. And there's plenty of times where I cry. Um, and that's the, God made our bodies that way. We're supposed to release. That's what it's there for. Why would we have tears if we weren't supposed to use them? It just makes no sense. All right. So when you move through the emotion, you get your power back. To see when I release and I move through it and I let it out, I get to a calmer state and I'm back to myself where then I went back to my son and said, listen, I'm so sorry. If I did not choose to get that out, even in that situation, it wasn't healthy, but it shows you the power of releasing it and how you can go do this in a safe space. And then you can go back. Even if you're triggered in the middle of cooking dinner and you just say, hey, y'all, I got to step away for just a minute. Go to your bedroom, go to your closet, do whatever you need to do. Because I promise you, by you taking these few moments for you and stepping away, even though a lot of times your mind will say, well, you need to finish dinner. Your family needs you. They're waiting on you at the dinner table. Well, they want healthy mama. They want healthy wife or whatever. And if you start doing this and just take a few minutes, it will be huge. And then there's sometimes where there's not, it's not appropriate. I've been at the salon before and I felt things come up in me uh, emotionally, usually more like tearful stuff. If things have been going on in my personal life and and I just have to just gently say, all right, in myself, kind of whisper in my spirit, I see you. It's like making a date. We're going to hang out later. I see this sadness coming up. I feel this energy in my body. Remember the awareness. I would feel my like heart tightening up or this chest area and just sort of feeling like weepiness was coming and just kind of in my spirit would say, we're going to deal with this later. We'll journal about it tonight. And then it's much better because I don't want to just ignore it, even though that timing right there is not appropriate. So yeah, I could cry with my client, but it's really not that appropriate, right? And it's not going to be helpful. And I'm not going to, then I'm going to feel like, oh my gosh, here I am bringing my stuff, right? Now there are times, this is not universal. This is not always and never, but this is some options for you. All right. When you choose to stuff it down, you lose your power and you give it away to someone else and you're not supporting your future self because I am the woman I am today because of this journey. I, this, when you look at me, People who know me now, they see a different person than they did five years ago. It's completely changed my, my whole look and my life, okay? All right. <clears throat> I want to teach you a few anxiety-type tools in this um, lesson today. Um, breathing is one of them. And this is just a real simple way to count is six-step breathing. <clears throat> and the main thing is you just make it yours. If you want to breathe through your nose and then push it out your mouth, great. If you want to breathe through your nose and push it out your nose, then great. But this will help you to a couple things. This helps you physically. It does lower your heart rate and your blood pressure. That's science, scientifically proven. But what I've noticed is this helps me when I'm out here and I'm living life and I'm reaction, reacting and I'm busy and I'm triggered, this helps me like slow down and begin to listen to my body and have the awareness that I need to have. So you're going to breathe in deep 
all the way to the top of your lungs and then you're gonna push it out, okay? So if you're somewhere where you can do it, let's do it together, okay? We're gonna do just a few for this training. Let's do three, ready? All right, you're gonna do six of those. And it feels a little weird in the beginning, but what if it's just new? What if it's just, because a lot of times we'll think, oh, that just feels weird and that's different. And it probably is different. But what if we say, oh, this is new. I've never done this before. Hmm. Versus like, uh, this is weird. You can tell the difference, right? I've learned that word from my coach over the years. It's like, oh yeah. I want to say weird, but new feels way better. So take your time to breathe and this will help calm your state. Also too, this is a great tool that if you are in beginning to get triggered or you're in conflict with someone, one of your teenagers or something like that, same thing. You could just walk away and do some breathing. You could, if you know you're coming home and you've already heard, you've gotten the text, the kids are fighting, this is happening, da da da, right? Do the breathing, get back into your space, ground yourself. Anytime you can, you know, you'll see me twisty in my chair sometimes because it's just, I'm, I like to move when I talk. Um, but a lot of times it's just sitting where you can really ground your feet into the floor, okay? <clears throat> Another one that I wanted to share with you as it relates to anxiety is verbal release. So, I like this one because it helps me like create a rhythm, right? So it's release, release, release. And what you can do is when you're saying release, you can intentionally like release whatever's going on. Do you feel the tension in your shoulders? Release it. Is it in your gut? Release it. Are you releasing the transition? I've had clients use this from transitioning from their work to their home because they want to really release whatever was at work, kind of leave that and then come into the home and start fresh. Because we've heard, you know, people bring their stuff home and they're already triggered and things like that. Okay. And if you see on here, say your anchoring phrase, anchoring is a tool that I use with you and inside of the um, program where we naturally have anchors that when you, for example, when you smell a certain cologne, you think of someone. When you hear a song back from your teenage years, I always use this example, Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me, makes me think of Tommy. <laughs> Bam, that's an anchor. So he was this cute, like hot, like back when mullets were cool before now they're cool again. He was that guy, right? So cute. And so I remember that. So we all have anchors that happen and then we have negative anchors too. Certain when we smell certain foods, we feel sick because that food gave us food poison one time. Things like that. We all have anchors in our body that are good too. When I think about calm and relax. I can, I can really see myself on the beach and digging my toes in the sand. So what we do is we capture this inside of a, a kind of a coaching exercise where you go in and you take, you anchor your own memory. It's yours. You were there. 
you were feeling a feeling and you can anchor that and you can use that word. It could be when you're saying release, you could say peace and calm, whatever. Okay. And then you're going to repeat it till it feels complete, which, you know, I say three to six times is always a good way to do it. Okay. That's it for today. Just a reminder, if you are interested in the program and you want to know the details, go to this link, bit.ly slash stop over drinking sisterhood. And this is till September 10th. You have $50 off. And I've had a couple of people ask me about the payment plan because they're like, oh, I really just, I'm not, it's not in my budget right now to commit. And I wanted to share with you that it averages out just so you know, about a hundred bucks a week is what the average is. And I know for me, I blow that in eating out or drinking. I've spent that in drinking easy, okay? So consider that, just consider where you are with your budget, which is fine. And you know, financially, if you can't, you can't, it's all good. And I want you to know that there is a two option payment plan in there and I'm flexible. Like if this is something that you really want and you really wanna to commit to, I'm willing to, to have a conversation with you and see what we can do as far as payment plans. If you need to spread it out a little further, don't let that stop you because I've done that in the past and it, it didn't serve me well. And I will say for me personally, when I invested in things that it really scared me, but I knew that's what I needed, I always stuck with it. I committed to it and they ended up being some of the best experiences I've ever had. And so I just want to share that with you, just in case you're looking at the total price point and you're like, ah, I can't do that. I totally get it. And this is no pressure. This is just me being super honest with you and have been in your shoes. Right. And I'm here for you if you need support. Okay. And I'll see you tomorrow evening, same time for day three. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. This is what helps the show grow and helps more women to get their hands on the support so they can choose to reduce their drinking or quit altogether like I did. Go join the community and say hi over on Facebook by searching Set Free Sisterhood. I will also put the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me for a one-on-one discovery call at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com. And I want to ask, how do you want to feel in the next six months? Who are you becoming? Are you ready to grow? I see you and I've got you. Until next time, stay blessed.